Hello and welcome to Core Truth, the podcast show, where we will discover the core truth that controls our experience of life. I'm your host, Mark Follett, and together with my friend, mentor, and author of the book, The Truth of Love and Fear, Rudy Ecker, we will peel back the outer layers of consciousness in order to understand and realize the nature of our perceptions and the beliefs that control the experience of our lives. We will uncover the true nature of consciousness, what drives our personal actions, behavior, and feelings in life, and what really motivates mankind. So we welcome you to join us on a journey of self-discovery, self-realization, and self-awareness to give you a new insight into who you believe you are. This is Core Truth, where we discuss the philosophy of core belief therapy, created by Rudy Eckhart. I'm your show host, Mark Follett, and today we are going to continue our very in-depth and interesting discussion on victims. How are you, Rudy? I'm very well, and welcome to everybody. Um, Yeah, victimhood and victim, being a victim and living the life of a victim is something that we um, uh, all do in life to one degree or another. Uh, Most people don't realize that they actually have a victim mentality as part of their total self-expression in life. Um, people who are extreme victims are the ones we recognize, um, the, who are overtly fearful and show their fear um, by being indecisive, by not engaging, by not confronting, by avoidance. But we don't see the victimhood in those who are aggressive and confronting and um, who are very dominating and controlling. We don't see them as victims. We see them as the opposite of victims. And we discussed that in the last episode. Yeah, I think we've co- we covered quite a lot of distance in the last in the last two uh, podcast episodes about victims. Kind of, I guess, pulling apart the understanding for for our listeners of what victimhood is and how it comes about in terms of um, belief systems. But today, we wanted to go a little bit more into asking questions of yourself about how you exist in the world. This is our, our listeners, um, giving them an opportunity to question themselves, how do they know whether they're acting in this way or becoming a victim? And also, as a second part of that, when they're dealing with other people who are in their own victimhood, how do they how do they work with other people who are who are acting as victims or behaving as victims? So that's kind of the two things we wanted to, to cover today in our in our discussion, I think, primarily. Yeah, I think so. I think I think it's important to um to understand that um the Insight into victimhood and victimless um, is only acquired if you are prepared to ask questions you probably wouldn't ask yourself normally. Um, you need to confront yourself in a different way and look at life and yourself in a different way in order to get greater clarity around that because Within the awareness and, and the clarity also lie answers that can lead you out of this. Um, the, the first thing to understand is that the fundamental principle of being a victim lies in the belief and, and the sense and the feeling that what is outside of you controls you. That's fundamental. So in other words, when you use words like other people make me or they make me feel that way or I have no choice or um, I am powerless to do something or um, they did it to me, then you are not acting like a responsible creator. You're acting like a victim because you're assuming that you're powerless and that they can do this to you and you don't recognize your own part in whatever situation you're in. This particular idea of being a powerless victim in life runs very, very deep in us. And the reason we're spending so much time on it is because of the fact that our awareness of it is very, very low. Um, Fear, by definition, if it is a part of you, makes you a victim. So any fear that anyone has in any part of their life, then in that part of your life, you're acting like a victim, whether you like it or not. You may not think so, but on deeper analysis, you will accept that that is the truth. So 
when we ask the question is how how do I know? How can I be aware? How can I be conscious that I have a level of fear inside myself or that I have fears inside myself which makes me the victim of what's outside of me, which is other people, circumstances, um, the expression of a more collective humanity. How can I how can I deal with that? How do I overcome it? But first of all, how do I recognize it? You've said and, you've said before many times that the, I think the first step in change is an awareness. And the important thing about creating that awareness is to ask questions. You need to ask questions of yourself about everything, about all your associations. Um, and it might sound a bit, how can I say that, um, self-indulgent or even um, how do I have the time to ask myself questions? <laughs> but it, I used to liken it like this for myself for a while. And because because once you are in the habit of doing something, the mind is quite capable of doing it in microseconds. So it actually doesn't take time. Um, in, the, in the real sense, you need to put like a mini me on your shoulder. So if your name is George, you've got a mini George. And if your name is Alice, you've got a mini Alice <laughs> on your shoulder who asks you questions, who says, Alice, why did you just say this? Or George, why did you just avoid that? Or why didn't you speak the truth? Or why didn't you express what you felt? Or why didn't you just go ahead and do it anyway? So when you start asking yourself these questions, you begin to realize that you have many, many fears in your life. That there are many instances that you have taken for granted out of habit that are actually fear-based reactions and responses, which essentially set you up for being the victim. When, when someone starts out with this process, because I think this is a great, this is great mm -hmm. for people to be able to start creating awareness in their own lives. It's good, good advice. Someone starts out asking those questions, and they're not in the in the habit, as you said, or, or the practice of asking those questions. Uh, is is it to be expected that it, the answers might not be obvious to start off with? I would say that the answers may not be there at that point in time, but the, the creation of the awareness is. Just that there are questions to be asked initially. So. Well, well, you see, what fear does, I sometimes, um, and I've referenced it in my book that way, I talk about fear as if it's a, an individual, as if it's a person, as if it's a, uh, uh, a friend who's trying to misguide you, right? Because when you are in a situation, let me describe something, right, where you want to say something, and you feel the fear that if you were to say it, you will attract or provoke criticism and judgment or risk being embarrassed and shamed. It is like having fear whispering in your ear saying, don't say that, Alice. Don't do that. Because if you do, you'll be embarrassed. They'll make fun of you. They'll ridicule you. Or they'll criticize and judge you. So don't say it, say something else. And so instead of saying what you would have said, you cannot, you may finish up saying something banal or inconsequential, which really doesn't reflect how you truly felt or what you truly thought or what your beliefs, ideas or um, convictions really are. And you do this to avoid the fears that you walk around with. And the fear in this case will be embarrassment and shame, criticism and judgment and confrontation and having to defend yourself and having to speak up for yourself and becoming the center of attention in that way where everybody's focused on you in a critical sense. So if you want to avoid that and fear whispers in the ear, don't say that, then there is an awareness already there of what your fear is, even though <clears throat> it might not be how can I say, dragged up into your consciousness. Mm. Um, and that's why you you need to go with the emotion and use the emotion as a lead to go to the um, to the thought and the feeling, if that makes any sense. So ask the question and see what emotion is evoked. It, it's a bit like seeing a flag and never been aware who was waving it. And all of a sudden one day think, I see that flag, it's moving, but who's actually waving it? And that is your feeling. Your feeling is like the flag, 
and the belief is like the person waving it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah? yeah. And so if you start following your feelings, you'll come to the conclusion of what you actually are convinced of or what you fear is convincing you of, is that you shouldn't do it, that you shouldn't say it because of the consequences that fear implies exist. Now, if you were to interrogate the flag waver, you would find out that the flag waver is a product of your childhood. And that you're in your childhood, you were already restricted and made to feel silly and stupid for, um, for actually um, saying stuff that your parents didn't agree with or your father wanted to prove he knew more than you did or your mother wanted to show that she was smarter than you were and criticized and judge you. All these possibilities are there. They may not do that in an overt way, but if it happened, it happened. And if it affected you, it did. Um, that doesn't mean your parents are bad parents. Your parents are just human beings who also suffered the consequences of their childhood and can only raise you the way they were raised. And if you don't watch out, you'll raise your children like you were raised. Yeah, because there's good intent in the way that everyone, well, most people raise their children with good intent, but they're obviously, they have their own issues and problems that they have to deal with. And that's what you're talking about is that, yeah. that the people have their own fears and that stifles that good intent to actually be a good parent and do the best you can for your kids. It doesn't just stifle it, but actually perverts it mm. and, and makes it into something that it shouldn't be mm -hmm. and creates... Uh, fears in children, which essentially are a continuation of the um, beliefs, the fear-based beliefs that the parents have. Mm. And so you finish up, as, as a parent, you finish up creating in your children what was created in you without you having the specific intent to do so. Um, mm. So so what I'm, what I'm also trying to bring into this is that um, – Blame is not an option here, all right? It doesn't even get on the books. So that's part of, part of victimhood, isn't it? Blame. Part of victimhood is blame. If you blame your parents for how you turned out, poor me, I had such a terrible childhood, I'm sorry, it doesn't cut. It doesn't cut the mustard. That's acting the victim there, isn't Because it? you're being the victim and you're not taking responsibility. Because ultimately, once you are past the age of 10, 11, 12, you are already beginning to be the creator of your own life. And you are already responsible for the life you create, even though that may seem very young. You, you must take responsibility for what you believe. And there's one fundamental reason for that, is that you're the only one that can change it, <laughs> because you can only change yourself. You may engage others in that process, but ultimately you need to change. And you need to own what you believe in order to change. Because if you walk around saying, um, well, it's not me, and you are in denial of yourself, you're in denial of your own fears and insecurities, then you are living in illusions. Because on the one hand, you are someone with fear, and you're behaving as if you're not. That means you can never change it. Because if you deny having a fear, how do you, how do you change something that you're in denial of? It's not possible. So being aware, being conscious, and being responsible for what you're aware of within yourself is extremely important if you want to embark on a process of change. I think, too, from what you've said, um, if, you were, if you were blaming other people um, for things that happen in your life, then you, you're going down that same road that is essentially a, a roadblock because you get to a point where if you're, you're taking responsibility for things that are happening in your life and the way that you you feel about your life and the way that you act in your own life and you blame other people and other people do things to you and make you feel a particular way, then you also don't have the power to change. No, but you hold other people responsible for the way your life goes and what you experience and how do you feel. And then that, uh, of course, is definitely you being powerless in life and being a victim. Uh, it's interesting because I recently had a conversation with a client who has only had a few sessions. Um, is only just starting out with this work. But she immediately noticed after the first couple of sessions of change that a girlfriend of hers, which she's known for over 20 years, um, when she was talking to her, that she found her 
becoming irritating and annoying. And <laughs> she's beginning to realize that this person is always talking like a victim, something she wasn't aware of when she was very much more steeped into victimhood herself. Because even in the first couple of sessions that she's done, the first three, four sessions, she's beginning to change and realize that in the absence of her fears, that she's not a victim. And the difference is already palpable, although obviously there's more work for her to do. Um, she's already aware of her victimhood by the fact that she had friends that were like her. And that's what we all do, right? We attract the people that represent most closely who we believe ourselves to be. And so by that, we create an environment in which our fears and insecurities seem normal and validated. Because if, say, uh, if you're a girl and you're, um, you're a victim or you feel yourself to be a victim <clears throat> of bad relationships, then you can sit around with other women who are the victims of relationships and bitch about men. And vice versa, men will do exactly the mm. same thing yeah. for the same reasons. And so um, the awareness of being a victim and being conscious of, at first of all, that you are acting like a victim and then that, that awareness leading to an understanding why you are a victim because you begin to realize what is what the beliefs are that you hold, at least even on a superficial level, um, that cause you to believe that others are doing it to you and that you're not doing it to yourself. Um, those who are aggressive victims and controlling and dominating people will find this very hard. They will find this really difficult because they have a sense that they cannot possibly be victims because aren't they in control? Aren't they dominating? Aren't they telling other people what to do? Of course, they're not victims. And so this disillusion, right, created by their behavior uh, can make it difficult for them to come to a true realization why they act and behave this way, which is fear. Their fear has made them aggressive, has made them controlling and dominating. And they do that because they, just like the passive powerless person, try to um, avoid the consequences of what they fear. And so because they take the aggressive route, if you like, of behavior, they can be in the illusion is that they are in control of their life and therefore not subject to being a victim. Um, the deeper reality is, of course, different. Right? There's the same uh, suggestion that you made earlier about <laughs> um, sitting that little mini me on your shoulder and asking questions. Does that work for, for aggressive uh, people as well with those aggressive behavioral strategies yes yes it does it does in in, in the same way when you start uh, observing your behavior and you start looking for the motivation of that behavior and also by looking at the people that you interact with and how you interact with them because the reality for um, an aggressive controlling individual is that the only people they're really in control of are the passive powerless people who are victims. So an aggressive controlling person who is driven by the fear of being powerless needs to have in their environment people who are passively in fear of their powerlessness in order to be in control. Because people who are truly powerful will not be controlled by them. You, they have no control over people like that. Because people who are truly powerful within themselves don't need to have control over other people and don't allow themselves to be controlled. And so in that respect, ego power and dominating people um, find truly powerful people, um, let's say, a difficult project. <laughs> yeah, because they don't really have any influence on them because they're just not impressed by their by all the elements that an ego powerful people believes make them a powerful person. By those behaviors that they use. Behaviors and the trappings of a so-called powerful person, which is status, money, um, influence, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Those things don't impress a truly powerful person because they know what true power is and also recognize it when it's not true power. 
Well, do you want to do you want to explain then what what you mean by true power? Then I think we should probably go into that because that's probably understanding where <laughs> if you start questioning yourself, then you get get an awareness, and when you start creating change in your life, you're heading towards being a powerful person. And you talk about this in your book, as as, as you mentioned earlier. <clears> but do you want to just explain what that what that true power is? And I, and I think it's the opposite of really what we've been talking about of victimhood. Isn't it? It's it's yeah. Maybe maybe it's a good thing to talk about because then you have some sort of reference point as to where you want to go to. Because we haven't said enough about how to get there yet. But um, a truly powerful person, a truly powerful person, knows that the power resides within, and that you cannot control the world and people. So the power of being in life does not come from having control over people's circumstances, etc., etc. The true power in life comes from the realization that the expression of who you are needs to come from an internal place of harmony, which means you need to be harmonious within yourself, which means you need to be in the absence of fear, or as much as you can. So the more fear is absent in your life in terms of being absent in your belief systems and in who you believe yourself to be, the greater your self-power will be. So, so let's. I'm talking about it in degrees here, and the reason for that is because it is not like flipping a switch. <laughs> like we would like to, um, we would like to apply this this very simplistic concept, which is still the most dominant way that we think about uh, the way we are to fix our issues in life, which is, what do I have to do? So in other words, if I'm not successful, what do I have to do to be successful? If I'm not strong, what do I have to be to be strong? What do I have to do to be strong? Uh, if, I, um, if I fail in relationships, what do I have to do to get a good relationships? And so on and so on and so on. And so to be a powerful person, your immediate thing would be, the thought would come, at you, so what do I have to do to be a powerful person? And really, to be a powerful person, you have to be a person without fear. Now, the question is, what do I have to do to be without fear? <laughs> and this is what we've been talking about for three podcasts now, is how to be without fear, how to be not a victim. So how to, so it's about beingness rather than doing. So if you develop, and the word is develop, yeah, a um, an inner state of being which is harmonious with the nature of your spirit, the essence of your spirit, which is, in my expression, unconditional love, unconditional acceptance, unconditional trust, and knowing that you're unconditionally wanted. If you truly believe this to be the essence of your spirit and you're prepared to live your life by this, and therefore have no use for fear, because every fear is nothing but a condition by which you think you have to engage life in order to be safe from what you fear. So if you can release all your conditional aspects, your conditional, the conditional parts of your sense of yourself or who you believe yourself to be, if you can release all of that, then you will be in the absence of fear. Then you will start to live within the nature and the essence of your spirit. And then you will express your life, you express yourself in life with positive, creative intent. Now, positive, creative intent is where a positive, creative life will immerse, yeah? Will reveal itself. It's when you are in life with positive intent that you will have positive experiences. Whenever you have fear and you put conditions on life, you will manifest those conditions and those fears. And so if you have negative life experiences as a consequence of your fears, then the only way to really resolve that and to not have a constant reoccurrence of those events and fears is by looking within yourself, identifying what drives those fears and releasing that fear-based belief system that is has been at the core of you creating these events in your life in the first place, these encounters, these conflicts, these difficulties. 
so the true power within yourself is the realization one is that you cannot control the world. Um, if you don't believe me, then look in history and see how many people have tried. <laughs> it just doesn't work. And it is not possible. The complexities are beyond human comprehension. We cannot cope with every potential and every possibility and lead it into an evolving, growing humanity which constantly moves forward um, into the in its own development of itself, right? That needs to be happen on a personal level for it to be a collective level in order for it to be a world event. Um, so, so it starts all with you. So you becoming aware of yourself, you becoming aware of your fears and insecurity in order to step out of victimhood um, is essential if you are not to be a victim and as an automatic consequence become a self-empowered individual. Being empowered is not by acquiring, um, say, for a woman, a higher salary or recognition. Being empowered is not um, the kind of job you do. Uh, being empowered is a deep personal sense of beingness. Just because men occupy positions of power doesn't mean they're truly empowered people. The illusion of what power is is uh, dominated by the perspective of those who are actually in ego power, who unfortunately do have a lot of influence because we allow them to have it. It's as simple as that. I'd say a lot of those people in those positions of ego power that you're talking about have influence over society, probably quite insecure people. Well, they are fundamentally insecure people, but the point of the point of wanting to make this here is, is that the only reason they can is because there's so many, so many passive powerless people around at certain levels mm -hmm. that give these people that power. Mm -hmm. And, and allow them to make decisions and choices over them because the passive powerless people fear making their decisions and choices for themselves and facing up to the truth, if you like, and doing the hard thing, which is to look at yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, so you can blame government, you can blame corporations, you can blame everybody in the world for the world being the messy, warmongering, destructive place that it is now, right this minute, as we're talking. But the essence of it is that we allow them, that all the passive powerless people in the world, to whatever level they are passive powerless, allow the ego powerful people to make these decisions and choices over us. Is there an extension to that that you've come across? <laughs> people consider themselves to be religious or spiritual and they therefore put their power outside of themselves in a de in some sort of deity, like they they think that a a guide or a god or a uh, something um, controls their their actions in their life, and therefore they make themselves powerless to a higher power um, in a, in a religious or a spiritual sense. Is that yeah, unfortunately that's just so true? Um, and I'm, I'm I may sound really I don't know what I would sound like by saying this, actually, but there might be certain judgment passed on me for saying what I'm going to say, but which is that any religion or belief system that puts the power of life, the experience of your life, how you experience life and how the state of life and the state of the world is to forces outside of themselves, uh, unfortunately, make themselves into victims of sorts. Mm. Yeah. Whether it is a religion, whether it is you, 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 you talk spirituality, but then you say the universe will take care of me, yeah. uh, is no different from somebody sitting in a church and saying, God will take care of me. Because installed in every consciousness as part of your being is the capacity to manifest and create your own life experiences and to take full responsibility for all of that. The complexity, actually, it's something we're going to do a podcast about. I've just decided. So you're hearing it in advance, which is, which is the process by which we create life in order to evolve. And 
you know, you might, you might keep that in your memory because it will come up, um, probably in around, um, since these come out once a week, it will be about six, seven weeks that we, that we'll bring this one out. Um, so you might want to look out for that one. But going back to what we're talking about, um, essentially, we come back to you as an individual. Essentially, whether you are extremely fearful and a victim of men, women, relationships, of um, the forces you perceive to be aggressive and overpowering in life, of authority, of um, responsibility, of the expectations of others, of the needs of others, of um, aggression, of um, standing up for yourself, any or all of those things, right? Then you need to do something about yourself because you will never, unfortunately, fulfill your potential. You will never be the person you were meant to be. You will never evolve into the individual that um, you have the capacity to be and enjoy what is actually the true nature of your being in full expression. Um, when you come from a harmonious place within yourself, you are always going to have a better experience in life. You're always going to connect better with other people. You're always going to create more positive experiences. You're always going to have a better influence in the world. And um, by saying all of that, um, I'm not talking about self-sacrifice or anything like that. Again, we'll get into that another time as well. So uh, the main point is that you understand the difference between or learn to understand and be aware of the difference between a fear-based action and response and one that comes out of trust, love, and acceptance. And that might take you a little while. You know that mini-me on your shoulder uh, may have to do a lot of talking into your ear in order for you to realize that many of the things you do and say and many of your actions and choices and many of your behaviors are under, underpinned by various fears. I'm almost imagining, you know, the, the Looney Tunes cartoons where they always have like a little devil that pops up on one shoulder and says, you should do this. And then they have a little angel, angel that pops up on the other shoulder and says, I don't think you should do that. <laughs> it's almost like these little, you said before, you've kind of got this fear yeah. voice, I guess, that is um, is talking and then you need to have this other voice that says, why are you listening to that? fear voice yeah. or, or where is that fear voice coming from or what's the basis for that fear voice why do you need that in your life and and once you start asking those questions you actually have the capacity to become aware of your fear-based ideas and beliefs and um you can start one of the one of the little things that i mean it's a little thing but it meant a lot to me at the time and this was long before i was doing this work Whenever a fear would come into my mind, I would say to myself, I know I feel this, but it's not who I really am. So I would actually say that that fear couldn't possibly represent the truth of me because it was a fear. And it kind of helped me to coalesce, if you like, the understanding of what my fears were because I started to separate within myself, within my mind, the real me from the fearful me by saying that. And even though I may not have totally known what the real me looked like, and it wasn't that important, all I knew that in principle, that that fear-based me couldn't represent the real me because the real me, its essence is unconditional love, acceptance and trust. Mm. And so therefore couldn't possibly represent me. And so by constantly reminding me that my fears didn't represent me, I was also becoming more aware of what those fears were. So I'm just handing this out as a tiny little mental tool that you can use to start distinguishing fear from the truth within yourself. I think it's really important, that tool, because it distinguishes that you're not, you're not suggesting to people to suppress those negative um, thoughts because then 
you probably have no awareness of what's actually going on. You, you'll just feel your emotions or, or you feel terrible, but you won't even understand why at all. So you're not advocating that people hear negative thoughts and then suppress them and, and say... No, not at all. You know, and I think no. there's some strategies that I've heard from uh, from people that uh, work in, in these kind of similar spaces that say, oh, you, you never want to say anything negative because then you manifest it into your life or you never want to have negative thoughts. You have to quickly reverse them and think the positive over the top. And I think that's that's just going to, you're just going to suppress them and not end up having any awareness of where they're coming from. Yeah, it's like the American adage, right, which says, you know, fake it until you make it. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of fake positivity in order to make other people believe you're positive in order to make it in life. Um, I'm not a great fan of the concept because not only are you fooling or are you fooling other people, but you're actually fooling yourself. Mm. And you actually never finish up dealing with your fears because that becomes the strategy in life. That becomes your dominating way to be in life, faking until you make it. And avoiding. Yeah. yeah. So when you make it, you, you're still the person with all those fears, but you think once you make it that those fears are not in operation. And that's not true, unfortunately. Those fears will still be there and will eventually sabotage mm. your success in one form or another, either deeply emotionally or on the surface. Like I've seen people that made millions and lost millions, made millions and lost millions again, right? Because there's an issue with wealth, abundance, and success that they don't deal with. Um, so our beliefs can be complicated, and I grant you that, you know. Our beliefs, your negative beliefs, can be very complicated little uh, structures that can be difficult to understand. But if you are going to start, you've got to start somewhere. And since fear is the one predominant force, if you like, in human consciousness that holds us back. To first of all become aware of your fears and to separate your fears out <clears throat> is essential. I don't think there's any reason that you could give me that would justify not doing it. And, th and that's the true way out of the <laughs> place of victimhood towards the place of being in true personal power. Well, it is the beginning of coming out of victimhood. I mean, I'm leading you into on, on, on a path in which you start to deal with your issues. Um, dealing with your issues is, is first of all, you can't, it, it's not enough to say, I have this fear, I'm going to let go of it. Because of the way we hold our fears, we need to understand a lot about those fears. And we need to understand how we got that fear in the first place in what context that fear operates and in what, in what way we hold that fear inside of ourselves in order to release it. Um, but realization is certainly um, the greatest step you can make. Um, and instead of becoming a person that acts and behaves without being conscious of what the consequences of those actions and behaviors are, you will become somebody who will be conscious and aware and finish up at least having choices that you never had before. And I think yeah? if you look at the the way that you've explained victimhood, if you were aware, if you took stock, if you were in a negative situation or had a negative emotion and you didn't go to blaming somebody else, if your, your initial way to deal with something, with a difficult situation, difficult emotion or a negative feeling emotion is to then start questioning yourself come to an awareness of what's going on within yourself, you've already you've already avoided blame and victimhood because you've realized that you're the creator of these experiences and you need to start questioning yourself about how they came about. It's it's it is it is the path that immediately leads you in a, in the opposite direction. Well it does because you are taking responsibility for yeah. one. You are accepting that you are an integrate part of the event. You are accepting that you have belief systems that are negative and fear-based, which um, affect the way you are in the world. So all this, all this awareness and all this consciousness will alter your behavior, and it will have a positive effect. Um, and the more you become aware of it, the more you think about it, the more you give it your attention, the more you will know about it. And it's knowledge about what your beliefs and what your inner nature is all about, which is 
essential if you're going to be an aware human being. I mean, it's not okay. It's just not okay to be unaware of what you do and say. It's not okay to be a victim in the world, either passively or aggressively. It's just not okay. Because it, and I'll tell you why specifically it's not okay, right? And I'm going to throw the big world picture into this, okay? Mm. It's not okay because of the terrible consequences it will have in everyone's life. Um, it creates a world of destruction. It creates a world of greed. It creates a world of uh, insensitivity. It creates a world of selfishness. It creates a world of um, powerlessness and helplessness. You know, we got in, in Libya, somewhere near the border of Libya, and I forget the next country, it's not important, uh, sitting over, you know, over one or two million people in a desert, totally dependent on food being freighted in by aircraft um, to escape the um, violence and, 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 and killing and murdering that goes on in that area. Um, and the whole world just lets that be. It's kind of okay because it's not happening in our backyard. This, 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 what is happening to the Palestinians, what's happening in Syria, what has happened in the Balkans, what has happened uh, in various parts of um, South America. Um, it's just, if we only thought about those things, right, alone, we would realize that by accepting fear as a normal aspect of life, and by accepting fear as if it is something that we cannot escape, that we are also accepting the world that goes with it. So if you don't like the world the way it is, and if you don't, if you see many things in life that you want to change, then start changing you, start changing yourself, mm -hmm. and start influencing those around you. As you become more and more conscious of the victimhood within yourself, and you start to make changes in that through just developing the awareness around it, and your insight around it, you will also become aware automatically of the victim mentality of those around you. And, you know, you, you can also be part of their change, even if they're unwilling or unaware or it's not attractive for them to do so. And you can do this by asking questions of them. You can be their little mini-me to start them off. You can, uh, yeah, you can be the one to say... Uh, when they complained for the 15,000th time uh, about how this is happening in their life and that is happening in life, and you think, shit, I've had that, heard that story now so often and again and again, that for the first time you say to them, so what are you going to do about it? <laughs> and the, the thing is, the emphasis is on you. What are you going to do about it? Because I don't know why you're telling me, because I can't change it. The only one that can change it is you. So what are you going to do about it? Are you going to remain the victim and allow this to happen to you constantly and forever? Or are you going to stand up and do something about yourself and ask yourself, why am I creating this in my life? Or do you prefer to be the victim of the world so you can play this out? And if you do prefer the victim, then why are you unhappy about it if that's what you choose? Yeah? Mm. So you can't have it both ways. You can't you can't choose the life of a victim and then complain about it, having negative and unhappy circumstances in your life. Because if you choose that life, that's what will happen. There's no other consequence possible. It, it seems to be the common um, way of things, though, because quite often people, the, the person you're describing so well there is often in that, that blame culture in their life is to take no responsibility, to blame everybody else and then get upset about them why they're being treated. They blame, there's a poor me, yeah. poor me, look what happens to me, give me sympathy, you know, be sympathetic with me. And of course, they're attracted to friends who will do this. And so the friends that do this are just like them. Mm. And before you know it, you've got a circle of people who are all complaining, who are all in sadness and pain, and all act like victims, and find that most of the time is taken off by blaming the world. And there's no proactive activity going on at all. And so it is ridiculous to think that you make yourself a victim of the world, choose that life, 
and then actually complain of what that life brings. Because if you choose to live in fear, then I can guarantee you, your life will be miserable or your life will be highly stressed, right? Because don't think that people who live um, an aggressive and confronting and dominating and controlling life because of their fears and insecurities, because they fear being powerless in life, that they somehow escape. They don't. Mm -hmm. They may make money, they may have wealth, but that even considerable stress, they're often manifested as physical issues and problems and illness, um, and they don't escape it. Nobody escapes. You can't escape the consequences of fear. Mm -hmm. The world doesn't escape it, but neither do you on a personal level. You cannot, you cannot um, put fear outside of yourself without having the consequences of fear having an effect on you. It is not possible. So there's no escape from the consequences of fear. The only way that you can escape fear is by not escaping it as much as that you release the reasons for it. So you release the conditions by which you live, which create the fears that you hold. That's the only way. There's no other way. And to do that, you need to address them. And to address them, you need to know what they are. And to know what they are, you need to be aware. And to be aware, you've got to ask yourself questions and be conscious. Mm. And so there's, there's a path here. There's a way. There's a, there's a way to be in life which will help you grow and evolve as a human being and as a spirit. And um, it will make you a positive contributor to the world. You don't have to be supporting charity or giving money. You can just be authentically yourself, live in the power of your own beingness, and be a and be a positive contributor. Mm. This is this is this is essentially the message that being in a positive space automatically makes you a contributor. Mm. And this is the core of the philosophy behind your book: is about being different and not doing things differently strategically. Yeah, being different in the sense being yourself. Being yourself. And self being self. being your unique and different self. And that will make you a different person. But then essentially we're all different. Each of us is a different individual to the other. Mm. And so it is the collective contribution that we make as unique and different individuals that would make the world what it could be. Right? And our trust in ourselves and creates trust in each other and trust in the essence of our spirit. If we all come from the same base, if we all come from unconditional love, acceptance, and trust, then essentially it is not possible that anything other than positive events, positive outcomes will occur. Mm. It is not possible. Just as when we live by fear, we, there's no other possibility than to create negative outcomes. Mm. And the interesting thing here is, that we do it in the same effortless way. In other words, once we, once we are in fear and we live a life of victimhood, we do that effortlessly. We don't actually sit down and make a plan. We don't set our conscious intent towards that. Absolutely not. Not at all. <laughs> it just happens. Fear is expressed in an effortless way. The conditions we put on life and on ourselves are expressed in an effortless way. And we effortlessly create a fear-based world with all the negative consequences that that entails. In the same way, in a positive sense, once we are in tune and in harmony with the essence of our being, we create a positive world. It is all up to us. The, and again, it's effortless. It is effortless. You know, the whole idea that some hand out of the universe will somehow guide us onto a path of uh, positive outcomes, right, uh, already exists, but it exists within us. The essence of our being is that hand. But we also have choice. So we have the power to choose within that, that um, how can I say it, within those reference points. So we can live life in a conditional way, or we can be unconditional. We can live life in fear or in love, trust, and harmony. 
right? We we have those choices within us, within us. But we because we do no longer recognize this harmonious part within ourselves. So we don't recognize um the essence of our spiritual beingness, right? We seek reference points outside of ourselves. And now I'm 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 now going a bit in another direction here, but we we we'll pro- probably what we'll probably do soon is we'll have probably close the discussion on that point and we're actually gonna probably open up a whole new topic in our next episode about well, the world yeah. view of this. But if you want to introduce that topic now. Well well it basically it basically the 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 reference points we have now are intellectually formulated on one level. They're they're a product of religious beliefs. They're a product of ethics and standards um, that we believe need to be applied to have a level of human decency. And they're actually quite flexible and they're quite manipulated by whoever needs to use them. So, you know, the standards and values by which we operate in the world are really quite wishy-washy, if you like, because it depends on where you are. Like if you are... um, (laughs) If you're if you're running a business, it's quite okay to to um, to make sure that your competitor crashes to the ground. But when you're at home, you've got to be um, sensitive and caring to your friends and your family, right? I mean, it's a total double standard, <coughs> which which we apply. Which is, of course, that inconsistency has its consequences, right? That 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 we can. Um, uh, what do you call it? Use double standards, uh, like a sort of, it's not okay to kill somebody, uh, because you're aggressive and angry with them. But if your country is waging a war, it's all right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even if you don't know that person has never done anything to you, then it's all right to kill them because your country is telling you that it's for whatever reasons they concoct, uh, that you have to do this. Right. So there's double standards in these values and, um, um, these, um, how can I say these principles, uh, everywhere in the world. If you really start searching for them, you'll find a mm. lot. Mm. Uh, so we need to, we need to look at standards within ourselves in order to find what the real essential and, um, important standards are to live by. Mm. Mm. So we'll, we'll get to the, the next thing. <laughs> well, I think that's been um, a fantastic practical um, explanation of how people can start to lead themselves, how, how they can start to create an awareness in themselves uh, of their own victimhood and how to start creating a path in a direction out of victimhood. So thank you for sharing that with us today, Rudy. My pleasure. And uh, we'll talk to everyone next time about uh, looking at this more in that global sense that Rudy's just alluded to is, is how this plays out when we are different in the world how that plays out on a global scale or or, uh, how our victimhood plays out on a global scale. I look forward to it. Yeah. Thank you. See you all soon.